Hello, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of Betting with Babies. It's week five, and we are officially rolling. Last week, we went 2-0-1 with our pod picks. We gave out winners on Thursday night, Sunday night, and Monday night. We are currently 15-17-1 on the year. That's a 68% win rate in the NFL. We've got a great show planned for you. We've got our best bets, our touchdown score rankings, and much, much more. But before we get into that, we've got the team that helps you balance your babies and bets, Mr. No Days Off and Matty Stats. How we doing, gentlemen? What's up, boys? Big weekend in the NFL and a big weekend for betting with babies. We have our second annual betting with babies conference that uh, we'll be making a lot of bets this weekend. So make sure you pay attention to the page and more than a few beers and uh, just having a good time together. Maddie, how you doing? I'm doing good. I'm officially, I've officially moved so I can actually focus on football. I watched zero plays on Sunday and it was very upsetting. Mm. Uh, it was actually kind of funny. It was like childhood. I was watching ESPN and like after not watching Red Zone all day, it was like yep. watching real highlights, which is just like a new, it's like a different thing. Uh, but I'm back. I'm locked in. New apartment, small apartment, four people, dog. It's a lot, but we're in. You're in. You're in. And the Cowboys are rolling. Cooper Rush stays undefeated as a quarterback. Do we have a QB controversy in Dallas? Absolutely not. Cooper Rush is not a good quarterback. Um, wow. He's winning games. He has basically put himself in position to get one of those long-term second-string quarterback contracts for the rest of his career. But uh, he's got nothing on Dak, and I'm not even concerned about that. And I actually think it's disrespectful to Dak Prescott that you even brought this up. Well, If he goes 6-0, and will there be a controversy? After watching Cooper Rush play the games and looking at the All-22, I have no doubt that there will be no controversy. You can win six games. Dak Prescott comes in. You don't look at the All-22. <laughs> no, I don't. I do. No, that's I, like I a, that's a step too far on subscriptions. Between the <laughs> PFF and they establish the run, I've got like six subscriptions. I can't do the All-22. <laughs> You got to love Dak Prescott, though. I mean, he is the biggest Cooper Rush fan. He's cheering every first down. He's cheering every touchdown. He's just a, a great leader. I think he comes back. He's obviously way better. But when he comes back, like, why can't Kellen Moore just keep the playbook the same? Right? I feel like they've kind of gone deeper in the playbook. They've leaned on the run. They've protected Cooper Rush. Do that with Dak Prescott, and the Cowboys are dangerous. Yeah, I think everybody's just overreacting to what they saw in week one with the Cowboys. So we got smoked by Brady and the Bucks. Like they came out, they had our number, they didn't have the right game plan, they didn't have this. It was a bad game. But that impression of week one following up the slide to end the end the season has really pushed all this negative energy on Dak. And I don't like it. And I don't appreciate it. Dak Prescott is a good but not great quarterback who has nothing to fear in Cooper Rush but fear itself. And you know what? Let me tell you something. Join the club because Tua gets pooped on every week. Tua's not good. Have you ever seen a bad quarterback quarterback throw for 450 yards and six touchdowns? Yeah, yes. I'm pretty sure Jason Garrett like threw for 400 yards on Thanksgiving. Okay. Maybe against the Dolphins. 
it wasn't. Yeah, my boy Mike White, it wasn't six touchdowns, it was five. But uh, Mike White can do it. Anybody can do it. But we'll talk more about the Jets-Dolphins game. We're going to break that game down. We didn't do a post uh, this morning to get our community picks in, so we're going to place that with a breakdown of the Dolphins-Jets since we're going to be together and that's a big rivalry game for us. So quick recap from last week on our pod picks. We went 2-0-1. Oh, uh, so we had our first push of the year there. Uh, Maddie moves to 2-1-1. One, one. He's still in the lead on the year for our pod pick competition. I'm at 2-2, two and two, and Teddy's at 2-2. Two and two. And so we've climbed out of the hole. We're at 500 or better, and we're looking to keep it rolling this week. Our touchdown scores are still yet to get really hot. We've kind of not had the best start to the year, um, but we're, we're making some tweaks. You're going to see a little bit of a change this year. We're going to focus a little bit more on the wide receiver than the running back. We see some trends in the data. Maddie Stats will talk more about that. Let's get right into this week. We've got our week five pod picks. This is our yearly competition where we give you our best bets of the week. Mr. No Days Off is first on the board. What do we got? We got the uh, Giants and Packers in London. And, and before, Maddie, you go, guys, we got to take this into account. We, I don't think it's possible for us to be sitting down at a bar at 9 a.m., but I, I don't know. We got to talk about how we're going to view this game. I like this game. Maddie, tell me what the stats say. All right. So in this one, we got 68% of the cash and 65% of the tickets on the Packers. This one opened up at Green Bay minus seven and a half moved to minus eight and a half, and then slid back to minus eight today. The Giants are three and one against the spread this season, and Vegas still seems to be figuring them out. The Packers, who barely slid by the Brian Hoyer-led Patriots, which technically he led them in the beginning of the game, but then got injured, barely got past the Patriots with their third-string quarterback last week, are going to be playing against Daniel Jones, who they hope to put a lot of pressure on because Daniel Jones has a 64.3% passer rating while under pressure. And this shouldn't be too hard to do for the Packers with their defensive line holding a 22% advantage over the G-men's offensive line against the pass. So a couple of reasons why I like this game. Uh, First of all, I like the Packers. I think they're going to blow out the Giants. Daniel Jones, without the use of his legs, because he was injured. If you guys remember last week, for what four plays, he stood in shotgun and handed it to Saquon Barkley. If Daniel Jones doesn't have mobility in a game, he has nothing. He is not a pocket passer. He can't sit in the pocket and throw the ball. I think this Packers defense is going to wreck him. They're going to stack the box. They're going to stuff Barkley. Giants have no wide receivers. They lost Sterling Shepard and Kenny Galladay. Not like Kenny Galladay is doing anything anyway. I don't even know if Tooney's playing. So that's their top three receivers down. They're going to put eight in the box all game. And the Packers are going to do their thing with their two-headed monster at running back with a couple of deep shots. I love the Packers to win by 10. The Packers have come in starting the season 0-1, and, and the whole NFL was down on the Packers. I mean, the entire public was crushing the Packers. They've looked good the last two games. This is two big spreads for them. But I agree. I mean, I like their defense. Their offense is waking up. Those rookie ride receivers are actually catching the ball. Packers mm. are on to something this year, and that's a team that just knows how to win. I take coaching in London over anything else. When you're traveling to London, you got to get the team ready. you got time zone changes. I'll take the better coach in that game. I like that pick, Teddy. Lock that in for number one pick. We've got Teddy on the Packers minus eight and a half. Big number to cover. Matty Stats, you go next. 
second game on the board. All right. So I am taking the Seahawks at New Orleans, and I am taking the Seahawks plus five and a half. So this one, in this one, we have 87% of the cash, but only 66% of the tickets are on the Seahawks. This one opened up at six, crept down to minus four before settling in at minus five and a half. Pete Carroll has been able to unlock the enigma that is Geno Smith in a way none of his previous teams have been able to do. Just to put this in perspective, Geno has a PFF grade of 84.5 this season, which is 23.7 points better than his average score over his four years with the Jets. All eyes on this will be on DK Metcalf and Reese Lattimore's matchup, where PFF gives Lattimore the advantage, even though he got absolutely toasted last week by Jeff- Justin Jefferson for 10 receptions and 144 yards. We'll be staying away from all the running backs in this game with the defensive lines owning advantages on both sides of the ball here. I've only won money betting against Geno Smith since he joined the league in 2013, and for the first time, I am backing him and I'm taking the Seahawks minus five and a half. Wow. Wait, never thought the day would come. Wait, plus five and a half. I am taking the Seahawks plus five and a half. Back in Geno Smith. I'm telling you this right now, and it's going to be great. And you'd be like, why the hell did I ever bet on Geno Smith? This is the last time I'm going to bet on Geno Smith. I'm not taking this game, but I like the Saints. Amato, what do you think? I don't know. You know, I, I Seattle has been very surprising this year. Maybe the surprise so far of the season. Pete Carroll seems to hide quarterbacks really well. You know, what you're seeing from Russell Wilson in Denver, I, I thought Denver's going to be a much better team. It's ugly right now. Yep. And maybe it's the scheme that Seattle has that's, you know, putting Geno in, in a spot to, to be successful. But the money I like on this game, New Orleans offense does not look good. I don't know who they're putting out at quarterback. So because of that, I mean, I take the points five and a half. I'm not betting this game. I'd love to see that line closer to six and a half, seven, but I think it's a good bet. Um, Real quick. I just want to jump into this. That uh, famous Thanksgiving game that Jason Garrett threw for 500 yards and six touchdowns. It was actually 300 yards and two touchdowns in 1994. But who's counting? Really? I was, I was like eight. So, Right. Yeah, I was I was eight, so three hundred yards and two touchdowns could be six touchdowns. Like you've got no well, concept. Let's oh, be I've fair. Like three hundred yards when you were eight is like five hundred yards now, right? Yeah, it's Doesn't inflation. that translate like inflation, right? Yeah. Well, damn. T- Rule changes in nineteen eighty six. Dan Marino threw for five thousand yards. So, oh, he might eclipse like eight thousand yards if he played yep. in the, this NFL. Where you oh, can't yeah, touch your receiver. Zero Super Bowls. Zero, zero Super Bowls. Yeah, no, no, no one was talking about Super Bowls, but we were talking about yardage. Yes. Thank God Rodgers <laughs> got one. Can you imagine all of the talk and like his attitude and everything now if he didn't get one like Marino? Oof. I mean, he's, he's got, got his, one like, and... behavior and tone and tenor right now. If like oh, yeah. that was going on, Oof. and a few MVPs. So one Super Bowl and what four MVPs? That'll do it. He's not done yet. So lock in Maddie stats with the Seattle Seahawks plus five and a half as his official pick for week five. That brings it to my game. We're heading to Chicago. We got the Minnesota Vikings going to Chicago Bears. Maddie stats, what do we got? All right. So in this one, we have 87% of the cash and 80% of the tickets on the Vikings. 
This one opened up at seven earlier this week and hasn't moved at all. Justin Fields has looked absolutely lost this season with a 49.7 PFF grade, which is better than only one QB in the league. He also has a 27.4 passer grade when under pressure. Now, here's a quick question for you, boys. Can you guess the one QB that is graded worse than Justin Fields? And there's like a minimum snap count here somewhere. So it's got to be a starter. Um, Baker Mayfield. Nailed it. Wow. He looks terrible. I mean, he only got like... Hold on. He only got like three weeks to practice before the season started. So I feel like he's still just learning the offense, but he looks really bad. His, it, just his feet work look off. Like, yeah. I don't know if it's the Matt Rule offense who's supposed to be an offensive guru. That offense is not clicking at all. They're going to have to make a change there. Um, and their only option is Sam Darnold. So they're probably going to be patient with Baker Mayfield. They're going to give him a chance to turn around. Uh, I like the Vikings in this game at minus seven. I know it's a short week coming back from London, uh, but going against the Chicago Bears team, Justin Fields, the stats there, they tell you the story. The defense isn't great. I think the Vikings will score. And I I think this is a a multiple touchdown um, margin here. I think seven is not enough. I'll take the Vikings minus seven. What do you think, Teddy? Has anybody – I'm pretty sure – I saw the stat that Cooper Cup has more um, receptions than Justin Fields has completions. So we're just going to go. Last week, Justin Fields recorded the lowest line on passing yards. The line was set at 127 passing yards. The lowest line for a QB. He has a 50. Why is he this bad? He's 50% completion percentage. 50%. 50%. They don't have great receivers. I mean, they know they said Darnell Mooney was a good was a good receiver, which he is, but he's not a number one. And their offensive would, line needs work. A lot of work. And um, we don't bet the Bears on this podcast. So you knew when I said this game that I wasn't going with the Bears. We're taking the yep. Vikings minus seven to lock it in. I'm trying to go for three in a row. And Mr. No Day's off is trying to go three in a row as well. So let's do a quick recap. That's our week five pod picks. This is the big competition that we keep track of our best bets for the entire year. Matty Stats went with the Seattle Seahawks plus five and a half against New Orleans. Teddy's taking the Packers in London minus eight and a half. And I'm going with Minnesota minus seven. A lot of big lines this week. Matty, real quick, and I I hope you didn't think I was going to let you get away with this. You had a tie. Now, if you remember last year, I got a whole lot of nonsense for my tie. How do you feel about your push? Yeah, so so I've got a very solid explanation for this because I knew this was coming. Yeah. So the name of the segment was Locks of the Week. A lock is a win. If you don't win, your lock is a loss because it's a lock. This week, this year, it's pod pick. So I feel great about my tie. Last year, I wouldn't have counted my tie towards my record. I would have taken that as an L. That is utterly nonsense. I don't what know what a you spin. Yeah. Yeah. Spin. Define a lock. Is. You know, Define a lock to me. Define a lock. I what award lock you. I'm going to be up a unit at the end of the lock. <laughs> I award you no points. Everyone in this room is now dumber for hearing you talk. And God, may God have mercy on your soul. No, seriously, tell me. Name Define a movie. Me a lock. Name that movie. Billy Madison. Nice job. 
<laughs> a lock's a lock. A lock means I'm up a unit. If I'm not up a unit, it's a loss. We'll continue this in person because I'm st- I'm not letting this go. But let's move on to uh, our TD scores. We've got our TD scores for this week. This is where we rank our top six touchdown scores of the week. We've been primarily focused on running backs, but looking at the trend in the data, we're going to make a shift here, and I think you'll be happy with the result. We're trying to go big this week. We're going to be together in person, uh, so we're bringing the touchdown parlay back. Uh, so let's start with our number one touchdown score for this week. Mr. No Days Off, who do we got? Stefan Diggs. Maddie, tell me why. All right, so he's got a great matchup against the Steelers secondary in a game with an expected point total of 46.5. On the season, he's seen a 25% target share and is expected to bounce back from an uncharacteristically quiet week three and four. Love it. Who do we have for uh, number two? Number two, we're going to go with Justin Jefferson up against the Bears. I just took them in my pod pick, Matty Stats. Why do we like him? So Justin Jefferson has a top three wide receiver cornerback matchup this week against the Bears. He put up an absolutely monster week last week, but hasn't scored a touchdown since week one. I imagine he's going to get into his quarterback's ear this week, and I like the odds of him changing that. Yeah, we love Justin Jefferson. I mean, he's a stud. He's a stud. He looks great. And the Saints defense is tough, and he was able to get all over them. And if they didn't have that bad pass interference call at the end of the game, he would have went in the end zone for another big touchdown. So lock him in at number two. Uh, Who do we got at three? Number three, we have Cooper Cup against that crappy Cowboys defense. Well, let's just uh, take a second here. And the Cowboys defense is actually really good. Um, Trayvon Diggs does get roasted on a regular basis. Uh, But, you know, as long as you give him a safety, he's going to get a pick. So let's calm that down. Uh, But Cooper Cup, the reason why we like him is we've got he got 54 targets in his first four games. He's projected this season to get 179 receptions on 230 targets. They're just absolutely feeding him the ball. And I very much like the Rams in this game versus the Cowboys as much as it pains me to say that. And. There's nobody better on the Rams to put one in than Cooper Cup. Cooper Cup, I mean, just landed in the best possible situation in the NFL. I mean, Sean McVay draws up plays for him, all different types of ways to get him open. And that target share is insane. So that's why we like him. And lock him in against a good Cowboys defense, but not enough to stop a team that is just looking to get Cooper Cup the ball. So... We're not saying they're going to win the game. Maddie thinks they might. We are saying Cooper Cup's getting in the end zone. So lock him in as our number three touchdown scorer for this week. I'll take number four. Uh, and we like Jamar Chase going up against the Ravens and a depleted secondary. Maddie Stats, why do we like him? So two things that always stand out to me uh, when I'm looking at these touchdown scorers are what's the target share? Is it crossing that 25% threshold? And then two, what are they doing with the end zone targets? Jamar Chase has 44% of the end zone targets on the season. And that's why we love Jamar Chase to put one in against a weak Raven secondary. I like weak that. Raven secondary. Yeah, you give up second half points. I mean, 21, 28 points in the fourth quarter against the Dolphins and then give up a lead against the Bills. Mm-hmm. We like Jamar Chase locking in. The Ravens. Take, them over, take them to win the first half. Give me the first half. Yeah, nothing. Not I, nothing in the second half with that team. You won't do that Sunday. I've been cashing in on the first half bets. Threaten me with a good time. 
There we go. Lock it in. If you if you're going to be one of following the page this weekend, there are going to be a lot of tickets posted. We're all going to be in a legal gambling state, so the tickets will be live, and we're hoping for a lot of winners this week. So let's lock in Jamar Chase at number four. Mister No Days Off. Who do we got at five? Uh, our guy Nick Chubb. Power, speed. He's got everything. Maddie, what do the stats say? All right, so Nick Chubb gets 58% of the rush attempts, which is typically low for our TD scorers. But what we do like about Nick Chubb is he gets 100% of the inside the five work. And when he does get inside the five, he's always punching one in there. So we really like that. Love that. I mean, this was a tough one because we have Austin Eckler on the other side and he came alive last week, two touchdowns. Uh, But the stats don't, they don't lie. Nick Chubb, uh, we lock him in at number five. And now we've got our number six touchdown score. Who do we want to wrap it up with this week? How about A.J. Brown? Maddie? why is he number one? All right, so he's got the number one wide receiver cornerback matchup in the league this week, according to PFF. Uh, right. Also in this game, we're looking at a high total point, so we always like that when we're looking at our TD scores. And he's getting a 32% target share in an offense where Jalen Hurts is throwing the ball way more than we expected this season. All right, so lock in A.J. Brown at number six. That gives you our top six touchdown scores for week five. First touchdown score, we've got Stefan Diggs, Justin Jefferson at two, Cooper Cup at three, Jamar Chase at four, Nick Chubb at five, and A.J. Brown at six. Love it. Now, real quick, I got some interesting stats I found on the fly. Uh, and, you know... Listen, we don't like the Bears at all, but Justin Fields is a professional football player. Seems like a nice guy, but his stats are crazy, though. He has 34 completions so far this season. Cooper Cup has 42 receptions on the season. So Cup has more eight more catches than Fields' second stat Fields has 471 pass yards through four games. Tyreek Hill has 477 yards through four games. So he's got six more yards receiving than Fields has throwing. Sorry, buddy. I don't mean to pile on, but the whole bear, it's really, it's not as much just a Fields fault as it is the bears organization, bears general manager fault. Because when you have that lacking of talent, you know, that's that's a whole organizational failure. And that's the interesting stats for the weekend. All right. Love it. So before we get into the dad zone this week, we are going to break down the New York Jets, Miami Dolphins game. As you all know, I'm a diehard Jets fan. Mr. No Days F is a diehard Dolphins fan. We're getting together for the Betting with Babies conference, second annual, to watch this game live. So some quick highlights before we get into it. This line opened at plus two and a half for the Jets. It's now moved to plus three. Currently, the Dolphins are getting the majority of the bets. We've got 76% of the bets and 86% of the cash on the Dolphins. We've got a backup quarterback, Teddy Bridgewater, that's starting up against the Jets, and the Jets are coming off a big win from last week. So what do we think about this game? I'll throw it to you, Mr. No Days Off. What are the highlights? What do the Dolphins need to do to win this game? So first things first, I hope for a quick recovery from Tua. Teddy Bridgewater is not that big of a drop-off from Tua. And I think 
he's going to be able to effectively move this team down the field and put up points somewhere within the 20s. We can't run the ball at all, so we have to throw the ball to move it. Um, I hope Sauce, the rookie Sauce Gardner is covering Tyreek Hill at some point one-on-one because Hill's going to shake and bake, maybe pull a double move or something. I am nervous, though. I am nervous. Xavier Howard has a groin injury, did not finish the last game, didn't practice yet this week. I'm not saying he's out. He's been out of practice. But if he's out, Byron Jones is still on IR. So we're down to cornerbacks 3-4-5 against an extremely talented receiving corps for the Jets. And I think that's going to be a really big problem in this game if we can't take advantage of the suspect Jets offensive line. Amato, what do you think? So I I agree with that analysis. I, I don't think there's much of a drop-off on Teddy Bridgewater, so I'm not going into this game thinking we're playing a backup quarterback at all. His numbers against the spread back it up as well. What I do like is what I saw from Zach Wilson in his first game back. He had two interceptions. Both were tipped balls. I think they were the right throw to make. He'll clean that up. And he showed some signs in the fourth quarter. He had two drives in the fourth quarter where they needed to score and they got it done and they got that win. So I think there's some confidence growing in New York. Um, The Jets have been dominated by the AFC East over the last four years. So we're due for a win. And I think where we're going to do it is with the turnovers. Right now, the Jets are ranked eighth with turnovers and the Dolphins are ranked sixth overall with turnovers, right? So we're teams that turn over the ball. Who's going to win the turnover battle this game? I think that's what it's going to come down to. We typically play these games pretty close. So I think if we win the turnover battle, we win this game. And Sauce Gardner is going to play a big part in that. Maybe he's the one that gets the interception. Let's get an unbiased opinion from Matty Stats. What do you think about this game? All right. Um, I like the Dolphins a lot in this game. And... The reason really is, is I haven't seen a lot out of Zach Wilson. Oh, you look angry. I haven't seen a lot out of Zach Wilson that makes me feel good about the Jets. But what I have seen is a lot of Teddy Bridgewater over the years. I love his against the spread numbers. Um, And ultimately, like the Dolphins are a stacked team offensively. And the Jets are a young up-and-coming team. There's a lot of forming and norming to do. You had a guy who's had a great draft this year. I think you guys are like a year or two behind the Dolphins in your maturity level. Um, I did say you guys were going to lose last week to the Steelers, um, which I don't know why I leaned into Mitch Trubisky. I mean, you can't get that Bears blood out of him. So, (laughs) But no, I like the Dolphins this week. Um, And you know, Maybe maybe if you bring me a Dolphins jersey, I might even wear it. Done and done. Wow. You wear I, were you I don't know why that happened, but that happened and it's now legally binded. It's a verbal contract. Oh, that's a verbal contract? <laughs> oh yeah. Yep, it's recorded. Can I can I, I think reneg? Can nope. I, reneg? Nope. I uh I definitely called that Jets game last weekend. Um we were you, we were back and forth on the pod, and not only did I say the Jets were in were in a good spot to win this yep. game. And took a lot of heat for it. I said, this is the week I think we're going to see Kenny Pickett. And that we did. A, yeah. Also, Kenny Pickett stole two inside the five carries from Najee Harris for our, our TD picks. Yep. And my fantasy team. And uh, it was uh, it's upsetting to see. So now, you know, Najee. Let me tell you something. To go into Pittsburgh and win 
no matter what their team looks like, is very hard. So that's a great win for the Jets. Um, I wouldn't be I wouldn't be surprised if you guys beat us. I think you have talent on your team. If Zach Wilson has a, a game and lights it up against our backup corners, you guys could absolutely win this game. Yeah, it'll be a good one. I'm looking forward to it. We'll be live together. There'll be a lot of bets in that game. A couple same game parlays for sure. Oh yeah. Uh, so obviously I'm on the Jets. Um, yep. I'm actually not betting this game. Um, the Jets and I have a very bad gambling relationship. Yeah. Whenever I say there's no chance we're going to win this game, they find a way to win. And whenever I think they're going to win, they find a way to lose. So I'm staying away. This is uh, I'm going to be a fan of this game. And we're going to root for the Jets. Hard. All right. So that wraps it up for uh, our breakdown of the Jets-Dolphins game. Let's get into the dad zone. Welcome to the dad zone. Last week on the dad zone, we gave you a tip about how to treat the London game. The 9 a.m. games creeping into the schedule. We said, hey, this is one you should sit out. If you're not a fan of the Saints or the Vikings, turn it off. Be engaged. Get some family time out of the way so you can lock in for week one. What sort of tips do we have this week? We got another London game at 9 a.m. What are we thinking? Well, last week I went to a Paw Patrol activity. Luca loved it. And we actually came home and he watched a little football. I mean, when I say watched, I mean played with cars in the same room with my two TVs. But that counts, right? That counts, If you're in the same room... And that both TVs have football on it. I, I'm giving I'm giving Luca the credit. So uh, one tip to get them engaged is chanting. Uh, like when the Cowboys score, like there's a whole little like I got two girls, so there's a whole little dance that occurs. It's a thing. I was glad you weren't when you were at my house. The Cowboys were not on, so you didn't have to see that because they were on Monday. But uh. You know, you get a little chant going. Kids really like a chant. They also like a hat. Like if you've got a hat and you get them a matching hat, that's another big one. Yep. My kids I've got also a good one. steal all my hats, which drives me crazy. And they pull them on my head, stretches them out. Mm. Now I'm just whining. I've got a good tip for engagement as well. Those are good tips. So I've been really trying to get Carter to watch the Jets game with me. He's three and a half. I feel like he's on the cusp. He's starting to recognize it's even on TV and getting excited. So here's what I did. I I got him excited and said, hey, every time the Jets win a game this year, we're going to go and get ice cream. We're going to have a victory Monday, and you and I are going to get ice cream when the Jets win. And so last week in the fourth quarter, I was – chanting like matt said i was doing a whole lot i was very loud talking to the tv and when the jets won i got super excited and reminded him about the ice cream we planned it out picked him up from school on monday victory monday ben and jerry's he's already asking when the jets play again that's a great that is, tip that that's is a, a great pretty tip. good tip and especially I'm being a jets it. fan it's not going to cost you much yeah yeah you're, it's, a, I, it's economical a, it's a tip it's a tip on a budget you know so I honestly, he's got two ice creams in four weeks is more than I thought he'd have through week four, but I love it. He's excited about the Jets. He asked me, when do the Jets play again? Uh, That I'm fired up. Does he wear a a Jet jersey? Uh, No, no. Uh, Very challenging right now with what he wants to wear. He's very picky about it. So I don't Mm. even fight that battle. I wear Jet stuff. 
Maddie, to your point, Jets hat, you know, I get some asking about it, but I haven't gotten to wear a Jets jersey yet. So I, I got a Tua jersey, and I don't know if Luca doesn't like the cut or something, but he just takes it off. We, I put it on every Sunday, and he immediately takes it off and says no. Oh. I don't know. It definitely can't be they doesn't like Tua because how could you not like Tua? I met the kid. I, he's I, a winner. I mean, I could <laughs> see why he's a, he's allergic to the jersey. Sixteen and eight as an NFL starter. Just throw those numbers out there. Yeah. So you know we, we've given out tips on this on this page where we've talked about preparing for the NFL season, getting the kids to go to sleep before kickoff, being engaged in the mornings on a London game, and now we're giving you a tip for Victory Mondays. If you've got a young kid, young daughter who likes ice cream, get them excited about what happens if their team wins. Who doesn't like ice cream? That's what I'm saying. So, have either of you tried to like watch Red Zone with your kids, and they can't conceptualize Red Zone? They're different teams, yeah, because there's so many different games. Like, what game's on? What's the score of this? Wait, wait, why is the score down? How did the score go down? It's like they can't get what's going on. Luca doesn't even ask questions. Yeah, no score. They're not recognizing the score yet. But he did say the Packers were on in the four o'clock game, and it was on the big TV. And he like caught it because that's my that's that's my dad's favorite team. And then they switched to the other TV, and he did realize that. He said, "Why are the Packers over there?" So he's starting to get it. He's starting to recognize what's happening. Yeah, another fun thing to do with the kids uh, with Red Zone is to have them guess what the teams are based on their symbols. They're really, like they're, they're hilarious. It's, you know, and like week to week, they don't remember the names of the team. So it's just like, you, they'll recycle something. You'll get something new every week, especially when you get like the Green Bay Packers. Like, what are they? they they're the big G's. You know, it's like, there's no, there's no description. there. You just give the kids the ability to just name every NFL franchise, just show that, them the mascot and the colors. I love that. That would, that would be fun. We, we might have to post a couple answers on the page. Yeah. That's good. Getting the kids involved is what it's all about. I mean, a lot of times, like the more they enjoy it, the more you enjoy it. Last week, we did something fun for our touchdown score. We had we had a baby bet segment. We had Carter shoot a ping pong ball, landed it in a cup. Jamal Williams was the pick, cashed it. You're training your three. Wait, wait, wait. You're training your three and a half year old son in beer pong. I'm going to call a spade a spade here. Well, there was no water or beer in there. I'm just, it's hand-eye coordination. Oh, okay. Excellent point. Spin zone. So what take though? I want. Okay. True story. First take. So second take on the video, but it was the first cup that he made was the cup that was the Jamal Williams cup. Gotcha. But he missed the first shot. I had to like record it. And then the second one, I edited a little bit because he like took a long time to shoot the shot. There was a level of excitement. But it wasn't like this is his fifteenth shot level of excitement. You're like, oh, oh, this is this is over a lot faster than I thought it was. Yeah, he made his second shot, which was impressive. Um, so I want to think of something creative this time. I want to switch it up each week, but we put a poll on the page. Do we make this a a weekly thing? And I think until until it doesn't hit, we got to keep it going. Last year, we did race cars. Remember yep. that. Yep, yep, remember that. I've got those tiny helmets, so I'm thinking we might do oh, something yeah. with that. Uh, but we'll figure it out. Baby Bet segment is alive, and we'll keep it going uh, as long as it's cashing. So that wraps it up for this week. Uh, another solid episode. We've got our pod picks, which will um, are all for our podcast followers. So if we listen to it, let's hope you cash it. We're heating up. 
our touchdown scores. We've posted this on the page last week. We're going to be live, so you're going to see the tickets flying on the Instagram page this week. So follow along. Whether you follow or fade, we hope you make some cash. We'll see you next week. I think we're good. I think we got <laughs> Gambling math is even harder. Just apply gambling context to the same math and it just makes it that much harder. I, I don't I don't think that's true at all. There's still I mean, numbers. Ask a gambler. No. <laughs> I mean, no matter how much how simple it is, it could be the most simple thing. When you've got the over or under on a game, you are counting with your fingers. You're like, let me just double check. Yep, we're good. Calculator, we're good. <laughs>